0: Good morning. It's great to be in this position of privilege again today talking to you and having my friend Nero doing the reading. And uh, Nero read from the New Living Translation, which is great. And uh, I'm working mainly from the NIV. And the NIV starts off by saying, um, uh, for this reason, Paul says, for this reason. And I love that statement. And it really summarizes this talk tonight today for this reason and Paul had a definite reason uh, for embarking launching into the things that we're about to discuss today and his reason was that he was reflecting on the reality of the faith of the churches and particularly the church in Ephesus the He could see people had a genuine faith in Christ and it was being expressed in the community of faith in the various towns and cities of of the ancient Middle East at the time. Uh, This love, he calls it, this love for the saints and that is the true expression of faith that it, it gets expressed by the realization that we share something so wonderful. And that despite our many differences, this that we have in Christ somehow or other glues us together and makes us a community. And we realize that we share a common destiny and that there is a divine purpose that is kind of moving us all forward. And and what Paul is is stirred by is uh, as he looks at it i I think he 's reflecting on his own experience about how he um, he was um, overwhelmed as it were in in the coming to christ in the realization of uh, of of what Jesus had done for him. And uh, how he had been reconciled to God and all the efforts to be right with God through the keeping of the law and all the sense of guilt and shame and failure that has resulted in not being able to meet the standard that God had uh, set in the law. This was all um, thankfully put aside in the wonderful work of Christ reconciling us to the Father and bringing us to peace with God and what an an awesome thing that was to feel uh, at peace with God and to have one's trust, to trust oneself fully into the into the powerful, loving uh, hands of Jesus, and and to be in a community of people that shared that uh, that faith, that conviction, it was so uh, wonderful for him. And yet when we look at the rest of what he's about to say to us in this passage we can see it's almost as if there's a moment in his life when he's reflecting on why he's being called by God into this privilege and and this question, you know, what was God's reason? For what reason was I saved? Uh, Was I called? Uh, Why did he choose me? That, that's the kind of language you see coming through in this early part of Ephesians, that we the church are God's called ones. And uh, so he starts off this part of of the letter with, for this reason, um, it's a wonderful thing we're a part of. It's an awesome privilege to be in the community of faith. Um, but what is the divine purpose? What is the great reason in the heart of God for all this? and he says, for, for this reason, he out of his own experience, he kind of speaks out of his own experience and he, he wants other people to enter into his experience and to see Christ with the clarity that he sees Christ and to understand the divine purpose with the same clarity that he has come to understand that's, that purpose. And so he says, so I pray for you. I constantly pray for you. It's not just occasionally when I think about it, but it's, it's part of who I am. It's the very engine of my life, this, this, this consciousness realization that 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 God is doing something he's doing something his purpose is active oh that people would see it and embrace it and 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 serve it uh, in a more conscious and active way and so he's he starts off and there are three things he he talks about particularly here he says that he keeps asking the father and and we're going to come back to that that he will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation or insight in the full knowledge of Christ that it give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation or insight in the full knowledge of Christ. What he's saying here is, he's saying that it's 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 the work of the Holy Spirit in the very core of our being, in our spirit, where our motivations, where the the things that move us and make us do the things and think the things that we do, that very core that sometimes is is so unconscious. We don't realize why we're doing things. And every now and again, you know, life will confront us and stop us in our tracks and say, why did you do that? Well, why are you so angry here? Or, or why are you so afraid? Or why are you uh, so competitive? Or, 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 or why are you so critical? Or on the positive side, why were you so generous then? Or why were you so patient then? And we realize that something's moving us. And Paul is saying, that the full knowledge of Christ is to be there in the very core of our being as the engine that makes us into the people of God's purposes. And, and he's saying that's something that has to happen deep, uh, and we've got to allow God, as it were, into, into the core of who we are to, to, to work through the things that make us the people we are, that, to do, that make us do the things we do. And he's, he's praying that for us. He's praying, you know, very often uh, when I reflect on life and I listen to people talk, um, they say things like, um, when things aren't going very well, you know, why does God allow this? Or, or you know, it was God doing this stuff, you know, the bad stuff? And, and, and the conclusion is, you know, very often given, the conclusion is, well, God is doing this to teach you something. You know, to teach you something about yourself, something that needs to be fixed in you, or, or there's broken stuff in there that needs to be healed. Paul is saying he's saying, of course, that does have to happen, but the purpose is not so much that he might reveal us to ourselves, but that he might reveal Christ to us, that we might see who Jesus really is, that we might see what Jesus is able to do in us and what he is currently doing in us. It's not that he's just fixing us, but he's He's healing us and building us into what we were called to be as, as God's people, as, as human beings in the image and likeness of God. So it's not so much uh, that we need to see our imperfections when we're going through difficult times. It's we need to see his perfections. We need to see the perfections of his patience and the perfections of his mercy and the perfections of his grace and the perfections of his love and the perfections of of his forgiveness, in order that we might be healed, not by psychology, but by the Spirit of Jesus. We really need to know him. You can see that coming through in so much of Paul's writing, where he he says things like, everything else that I considered important, I now considered, and generally the translators say, as nothing or as lost." Paul was more brutal brutal and frank. He said, as dung. (laughs) I just love that. Well, in a funny way, I love it. Uh, But he says, everything else that I thought was important, that people set as the crowning glory of their life, he said, it's nothing compared with the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You know, to really know Jesus is, is this core, central reason why we have been called by the Father. He goes on to say and I also pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints that in order that you might know the hope it's as if things darken our insight and darken our minds and distract us so that we're not looking in the right direction and, and we find ourselves focused on things that don't last. That uh, They last for a little while but they don't satisfy in the end and isn't that the story of the world we live in? People living for things, they've got a bucket list of things that are just events, experiences and, and objects that they have for a while that, that satisfy that new car smell, you know, it fades and uh, and paul saying, "I pray that, that, that you won't have your the core of your being darkened by these these little temporary things, but that, but that they'll be, you'll be exposed to the light of Christ so that you may know the hope and I was reading through Romans chapter five where it says in Romans chapter five it talks about the hope, and it says and and that hope does not disappoint us." And uh, one of the commentators was making the observation that 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 we sometimes think of hope as um, you know uh, um even as Christians we think about hope as, you know, I can't wait for to see the mansion that I'll inherit in heaven, or I can't wait to see, you know, how cool I'm gonna be, or whatever, as I fly around in my white dress. Woo! All that sort of stuff. Whatever it is that you think of as the hope. What the commentator was saying is he's saying that this actually refers to Jesus himself. That the hope is not stuff, it's not experiences. The hope is the person. All the sense of the future, all the sense of the value of the future is in the person of Christ and in the relationship we have with him. He's the very embodiment of the fulfillment of the love and the purposes of God for humanity. And, And that's what he's saying here. He's saying that you might know Christ who is the one in whom we have so much hope. (laughs) <laughs> and then Paul does what he does. He sort of musters uh, musters superlatives, doesn't he, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And I did love the way in which the, uh, the New Living Translation uh, gives us the picture that God sees our future. He sees as he is investing in us he sees how we are going to come through as gold in the image and likeness of his son and that we're going to be little jesus as it were more and more and the divine purpose is going to be more and more fulfilled in us uh and um Oh, what an exciting thing. He's just so looking forward to the end of this age when he can reveal the glory of what he's been doing in his children. And he so wants us to sort of get on song with that and to to say, yes, Lord, to what he's wanting to do. Open my eyes, enlighten me, give me an understanding of what it is that you are doing in me and through me, how you want to reveal Christ to my generation. I love that phrase in Acts chapter 13 that uh, we were reading this morning, in this morning's readings. It says, A David, after he had served God's purpose in his generation. <laughs> There's David's reason, serving God's purpose. For this reason, here we are serving God's purpose in order that Christ might be deeply and fully known because everything flows from that. The riches of his glorious investment in his people. The inheritance. You know, inheritance is God's idea. It just struck me that he was the one who thought about inheritance, about what it is we leave to the next generation. When I think about my parents and uh, what they left me, I sometimes joke that my my father left me an old hat and a walking stick. Oh, he left me so much more. He li- left me a life. I lived for the purposes of God, a, a kind of a real life. You know, there was time in that life for reading a book and going for a walk, and enjoying an ice cream, and all that sort of stuff, and loving his grandkids. But he was always on purpose. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. And the third thing Paul is praying for us is, and God's incomparably great power for us who trust in Christ, power like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in the Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him in that place of honor at his right hand. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in this present age but also in the one to come. Oh. He's saying, and he's praying that we'd be we'd be quickened, we'd be made alive to the power of God that it, the ability of God to live the life to which we've been called. we don't live it in our own strength, and he's provided power for us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Well, you'd think he'd finish there, but he doesn't. He goes on to say, and God placed everything under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for those he called out of the crumbling mess of human ideas and ambitions the church you me head over everything for us bringing everything into order we see this world so out of order And, you know, this is the thing that the scripture before we looked at last week talks about the way in which we receive the Holy Spirit as the earnest of that inheritance, as the down payment, as the guarantee, as the first payment uh, of that, the first deposit. So we get something of the purposes of God in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, because we are who we are, uh, human beings and we're very finite creatures, um, the Holy Spirit's got to work with what we are. But every now and again what happens is we get these out flashings of the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We get an answered prayer. We get a word of wisdom. We get some sort of gift for somebody that we realize as God has given us faith for somebody in whatever their situation might be. And that little out flashing of the deposit that is in us that is going to be so fully realized as the full nature of Christ is revealed in us when we are changed and transformed at his coming. It sends a message that there's something more going on in us and in all God's people. And there's so much potential in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's what, that's what Paul is praying for us. And, you know, he was praying that because he really believed that God was listening to his prayers and God would answer that prayer, that that prayer had come from God. It was the Holy Spirit's word into his spirit about what he wanted to do do in God's people. And so he prayed it in the sure and certain knowledge that these words would be used by God to achieve the divine purpose in those that read them and believed them. And that's my prayer for you and for myself. God bless you.